Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Very interesting case uh, unfolding in British Columbia. And in a case that's going to affect everyone in this country, ultimately, except for the people in Quebec who've already resolved the issue. Seems to happen quite regularly, doesn't it? Quebec resolves an issue. The rest of the country is still working on it. The issue has to do with health care. And the British Columbia Supreme Court is hearing the case of the Canby Surgery Center, private surgical clinic in Vancouver, suing the B.C. government for stopping doctors from providing medically necessary treatments in the public and in a private health care system. All right, so public and private. Um, also suing to stop the practice of not permitting the purchase of private insurance for core medical services, which is already available in Quebec, and I had a, I had an experience with that while I was living in the province over the last 10 years. And uh, we're waiting to contact and get in touch with and connect with Dr. Brian Day, the medical director of the Canby Surgery Center. We um, had the interview confirmed, and so we're just trying to get through to Dr. Day. He'll be with us momentarily. I don't think the B.C. government is going to fight this too hard. And I'll tell you why. Because governments do not want to be seen to be the ones to be making decisions concerning health care, particularly potentially unpopular decisions or difficult decisions that might restrict the access to health care for citizens. They prefer the courts to make those decisions. And then governments can simply say, well, the court made the decision, not us. Let's keep trying to get Dr. Day, please. And uh, and so, because the government uses health care as a political football, and they've done that for, for decades, all governments, federal, provincial, they've all used it as a political football, We've now gotten to the point where what we have in place just isn't going to work anymore. It just isn't going to work the way it is. It's excruciatingly expensive. I mean, I heard the number $100 billion a year about five or six years ago. And we know that premiers and health ministers have told us over the next number of years, five or ten years, they're going to be spending an exorbitant percentage of the, of the annual budget on health care delivery. So things cannot continue the way they, they the way they have been, and people are waiting terribly long periods of time to get to see a doctor. Four and a half million people in this country, I think it's about four and a half million Canadians, have no family doctor. That the entire process starts to break down at the very beginning. If you don't have a family doctor, what are you going to do? You're going to go to an emergency room at a hospital, or you're going to go to a clinic and you're going to look for help. But the emergency room probably will not have your medical history. They may have some of it if you go there repeatedly. Clinics may have some of it. Clinics, to a greater or lesser degree, would would have some of it. But if you don't have a family doctor, it complicates the process incredibly. And I know there are people listening to this program right now who have no family doctor. It doesn't matter where you are in this country. Listening to this program now, there are people who have no family doc. Entire families who have no family doctor. 
And that's difficult. That's a very difficult reality to live with. Who's going to refer you to a specialist? The family doctor. So we need to we need to create a, a dynamic where, where there are more family doctors, and that's a whole other discussion and a whole other debate. But it's something that has to be addressed and has to be addressed quickly. What we need is clearly an efficient system, one that is going to serve the needs of the people of this country better than they're being served now. We're still trying to get Dr. Day. Um, what happened in Quebec? Let me back this up. What happened in Quebec? There was the Shaouli case in 2006. A man by the name of Shaouli, might have been a doctor himself, he went to the uh, he went to court in Quebec, and and his case wound its way all the way to the Supreme Court of Canada, which made a decision that Quebecers and only Quebecers, this was exclusive to the province of Quebec and people living in the province of Quebec, only Quebecers would have the right to purchase private health insurance, because that's what Shirley wanted. He was going to have to wait an absolutely um, impossible period of time to get. Knee surgery, I think it was, that he, he was waiting for. In any event, the treatment that he needed was going to take an exorbitant, an, just an inordinate period of time. And so he went to court and went to the Supreme Court of Canada. The Supreme Court said Quebecers have the right to purchase private health care. Nobody else in the country does because this is an, a case that's exclusive to Quebec. And then, as soon as that happened, medical facilities started to become more available in Quebec. And I'll give you the example, the exact example. I blew out my back, my lower back. I had disc issues um, in 2008. I was on vacation, and, you know, you, it's the proverbial bend over. Ah! Now I have a problem. So when I got, got back home, I was living in Quebec at the time, I went to the hospital, so I got to see... Uh, Got to see a specialist, a, a neurosurgeon. Went through the process of the family doctor. And the way they work it in Quebec, if you don't have a family doctor per se, they have these clinics called CLSCs. And it's a, it's a, it's like a community health clinic. They're, they exist across the country. But within that health clinic is a family doctor who specifically looks after you or looks after you and your family. So I went to the family doctor in the CLSC, and they put me in touch with and sent me to the hospital. A neurosurgeon checked me out and said, you need an MRI. Before I can make any decision on what you require, we're going to have to get an MRI for you. And uh, then came the crunch. To have an MRI done in the public system in the province of Quebec, and it's probably similar everywhere in the country, it was going to be at least a year. So, regardless of whether it's me with excruciating pain in my lower back or it's somebody else with another issue, you need an MRI, it's going to take a year to get the MRI done. Well, that's great, isn't it? And your only option and your only access is the public system. Because we don't have private health care, really, do we? So, except because in Quebec, because of the Shaouli decision... You can purchase private health insurance. Private radiology clinics um, had opened. And they had MRI machines. 
So I called in uh, a radiology clinic, and uh, I said, you know, here's what I need, and I can get the requisition from the surgeon at the hospital. How quickly can you do an MRI for me? Now remember, in the public system, they said at least a year. At the radiology clinic that I called in Montreal, it was three to five days. Oh, and how much is this going to cost me? Between six and eight hundred dollars. So, are you willing to pay the six or eight hundred dollars for the MRI that you're required to take care of at least diagnosing why you have this excruciating back pain, or are you going to wait a year in order to get into the public system's MRI um, queue, or get to the head of the public system's MRI queue? That's Q U U E. Coincidentally, when I told them at the hospital that I was going to go to the private clinic, somehow, something happened, and they called me and said, well, we can get yours done in a week or two. Anyway, so I I had it done publicly, but I had the option of a private MRR clinic. I don't think that would have been available to me anywhere else in the country, not in the, the way that it was in Quebec. So, we're still waiting for Dr. Day, so what we're going to do here is this. I'm going to open up the phone lines to you at 888-225-8255 or 416-870-6400, 888 416-870-6400. And the question that I have for you is this. And remember, that we, we've talked about this before. There are only three countries in the world where you may not purchase private health care Uh, Insurance. One is North Korea. The second is Cuba. And the third one you can figure out by deductive reasoning. It's us. So would you opt out of the public health care system and purchase private care if you had the choice? Now remember what I told you. I had an MRI available to me at a private clinic, radiology clinic, in three to five days. Whereas the best they could offer me the fastest service I could receive, the absolute gold plate public service I could receive at the hospital, public hospital was one year minimum. One year minimum. That's just to find out what the problem is. Then would come the rest of the process, including whatever it would have included. I don't need to go into all of that. So, triple eight two two five eight two five five four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Would you opt out of public health care? Would you opt out in order to per- purchase private care if you had the choice, and in order to purchase private health insurance if that were available to you? And Doctor Day's clinic is before the Supreme Court of British Columbia, battling the BC government. Like I said, they're not going to battle that hard. The BC government. Because they want the court to make the decision so that the politicians are not so Premier Clark isn't isn't told, well, you didn't do this all that well. They prefer the courts to make the decisions. When we come back, we'll talk to you about this. Um, and Dr. Day will join us. There are private clinics, and um, I checked them out across the border. I checked out Plattsburgh, New York, and I checked out Burlington, Vermont.
and I could have done it that way. But I was talking about what was available to me in Quebec. And if I'd bought um, private health insurance in Quebec, and then I needed the MRI, that would have been covered by going to that radiology clinic in Montreal. It would have been covered. But in the rest of the country, we cannot buy private health insurance. Dr. Brian Day is the medical director of the Canby Clinic in Vancouver. Dr. Day, thank you for taking the time. Good afternoon. What is the... what is the battle about? And just in nuts and bolts, I've, I've been talking here about what, what I encountered in Quebec. And, of course, Quebec, because of the Shirley decision, Quebecers have the right to buy private health insurance. But what is, what is your battle with the government about? Well, let me just correct you, because this is, um, um, since we last talked, which is probably six or seven years ago or more, um, we're now the only country on Earth that outlaws private health insurance. So um, we're, we're, the, we're the total outlier. Um, you can get private insurance in Cuba and North Korea. But anyway, to, to answer your question, um, there, there, are, it's not, there were six plaintiffs in this case in addition to our clinic. And the six other plaintiffs were patients, um, two of whom during the almost eight-year delay in getting, um, getting to trial um, have died. They were cancer patients who, whose um, treatment and diagnosis and treatment were delayed by holdups in the in the public system, um, of the remaining four patients, um, the three of them are children. One of whom's mother will be in court on on Monday, and I, and I think it's important that it's pointed out that to point out that this is not it's not a private clinic vying vying for rights that I mean less than ten percent of the of the. Uh, patients we treat at our clinic are are BC residents, um, but but it's it's the the mother who will testify on Monday um, had her 15 um, year old son uh, with a serious spine deformity. He was able to play football and r- ride around, run around on the beach, and ride his bicycle. After a 27 month wait to get into the BC Children's Hospital for serious spine surgery, he has ended up paralyzed for life. Uh, this would not happen in any other developed country on earth, and so the the other the other two are children, and then the fourth one is is is, is the sole remaining cancer survivor. So this is these are just illustrative examples of millions uh, of patients across the country who are denied access, um, and and it's a denial of their constitutional rights. So our trial, in a nutshell, our case, in a nutshell. Because as you mentioned, this is legal in Quebec, is is to grant citizens who don't live in Quebec the same rights that the Supreme Court of Canada granted to Quebecers in 2005. And and, and you know this is this is a human rights case. It's a constitutional challenge. It's basically um, saying to government that you cannot, on the one hand, um, promise health in health care then not deliver it, and then outlaw a citizen's right to do anything about it uh, because you don't own our body, we own our body. That's basically the nuts and bolts of the case. Dr. Day, if uh, if you win the case, and I, do, I don't doubt that you will, probably at the Supreme Court of Canada level, but if you, uh, if you win the case, what changes specifically? What would change for, and I'll ask you to give me an answer in, in, in 60 seconds, then we'll continue. I'll have to take a break and then we'll continue. But what, what changes most fundamentally for the patient? The, the most fundamental change will be that you'll be entitled to, to 
extricate yourself from the pain and suffering imposed on, on you by government monopoly and government rationing. Just as you, as in Germany and Switzerland and Belgium and countries like Sweden and Norway, um, that there are no, no rules or laws to forbid you from looking after your own body in, in those countries and, and, and elsewhere in the world. Sounds, uh, it really sounds, dra- well, it doesn't sound, it is, it is draconian the way it's set up. Yeah, and, it's, and, and by the way, 70% of us, um, either, often usually through, you, through our work, have what's called disability insurance. If you're, if you're, if, if you're injured on the job, you're, you're, you, you have private insurance through workers', comp, workers compensation, but you can be injured off the job, and the private disability insurer, in some cases, and we have examples of this that will be brought up at, at trial, uh, they're paying um, eight or nine thousand dollars a month to some some um, some workers while they wait eighteen months when they could pay four or five thousand dollars and get in right away. But it's against the law for the disability insurers to do what workers' compensation boards can do. So you could do the surgery before the end of next week. Meanwhile, the person potentially, hypothetically, and but but meanwhile, that the person who requires the surgery because of the way the system is now is going to have to wait 18 months, and the taxpayer is going to have to pay for all of that, and the person who's suffering is going to suffer unnecessarily. It's a great, it's a great system we have. Please, please hold on, Doctor Day. Hold on, we're going to come back with Doctor Brian Day, medical director of the Canby Clinic in Vancouver. We'll come back, and then we'll open the phone lines. Well, the phone lines are already open to you at 888-225-8255-416-870-6400. Grab a line and get ready to express your point of view. Dr. Brian Day is is with me, medical director of the Canby Surgery Center in Vancouver, and uh, the uh, B.C. Supreme Court is going to decide between the argument put forward by Dr. Day's surgical center and the British Columbia government, which Dr. Day argues that what you're suggesting is going to, if not destroy, severely compromise um, health care, Medicare in this country, and it'll be impossible for patients, or if not impossible, it'll be very expensive and very, very difficult for patients to obtain the kinds of medical services they obtain now under a public system. You say what to that? Well, the, you only have to look at experience around the world, Roy. In, uh, in you know, I've, I've worked in Switzerland and uh, Belgium, uh, England. They have the rest of the world in, in the OECD, apart from the United States, uh, has universal healthcare. And the difference between universal healthcare in Germany, for example, and Canada is that they have their public system. Um, performs very well, and they have no wait list. So you would get your MRI in Germany in days, not not a year or many months. And one of the reasons that we will we will argue that um, well we will we will show that. But I mean it's a fact and an indisputable fact that Germany, with a population of 80 million people, over 80 million people, has one Minister of Health. Uh, Canada with a population of 35 million, has 14 ministers of health and 14 ministries. And you can imagine where the money is going. And those are the people that don't want competition. And I don't know a single monopoly that's good for the consumer. And what we have in terms of hospital and physician services in Canada is a government monopoly. And when the government says you get the treatment, that's when you have to put up with it under the current current law this this um this um this case will do the opposite of of what 
our opponents are saying in in that uh, it will the waitlist in the public system will drop to um, and and the difference between the two systems won't be quicker treatment. There'll be no queue jumping because there won't be a queue. The, the difference, and this is the difference in Germany and Switzerland and France, is is um, you may get you know lounge access or, or a nicer nicer room, but not quicker healthcare because it's quick in both systems. And just recently, the minister, federal minister Philpott, was in Vancouver at the Canadian Medical Association. And by the way, this case is about implementing CMA. Canadian Medical Association policy into law, and she pointed out, uh, well, um, we um, we were just ranked 10th out of 11 by a group called the Commonwealth Fund as a health system of, of developed countries. Uh, the the we were 10th. The United States was 11th, and the top, all of the countries ahead of us have universal healthcare with a hybrid system of the type that we're we're fighting to achieve in, in Canada. I spoke uh, about three weeks ago with a Swiss federal politician about healthcare delivery in Switzerland, and we pointed out that in Switzerland, neither the government or any government nor employers contribute anything financially to the health care of the citizens. The citizens are required to purchase their own health insurance, but they have a tremendous well, they have a, many choices. There are over 100 insurance companies that provide options, and you choose what it is, like you choose insurance for your car, I suppose. I don't yeah. want to be and if too poor, simplistic, but but if but, it, but, but 99, 99.5% of Swiss citizens have health insurance, and, and they do receive their service, their health care, very, very quickly. Well, let's point yeah. it out. And if us. you're poor in Switzerland, the, the government pays the premiums for you. So it's, a, it's a, an interesting take on universal health care is that the government is only involved in paying insurance premiums. They have private um, insurance, uh, private hospitals, and the private insurers are not allowed to, you know, as some of the fear mongers say, turn, turn you down. One of, the, one of the conditions of doing business is the government um, says you have to take all comers. And, and the, the other paradox in Canada, and this is shown by Stats Canada, everyone is aware of this. In Canada, the worst access to health care and the worst health outcomes are in the lower socioeconomic groups. So it's not doing what it was supposed to do in the first place. The, the, the ideal situation is the money follows the patient, right? Because that puts pressure on the healthcare delivery system, the individual components, be it a clinic, a hospital, a doctor, it puts pressure on the delivery system to perform well, or the patients will not go to them. Yes, well, as you as you are, you're aware, hospitals in Canada are funded on a global exactly. basis. So, exactly. So, so when you go to the hospital for your MRI or your procedure, or your you are using up their money. Whereas in other developed countries. The money is attached. The funding is attached to you. So to that you, when you to go the to the hospital, you are bringing revenue. When you get when 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 you go exactly. to MRI at the hospital, you generate revenue for the hospital from the government. But but it doesn't matter. It still it still puts the patient as a desirable entity as opposed to an entity that is using up the hospital's revenue. And it's incumbent on the hospital to perform well, or I, the patient, will choose a different hospital with a better reputation. And I can do that if the money follows me. Dr. Day, is what percentage, I mean, does the British Columbia government pay for services that you provide at the Canby Medical Center? You, you, you told us that 90% of your 
of your um, surgery center. Um, you told us 90% of your patients are not from British Columbia. Well, well, they are from British Columbia, but they're not of the type that um, we're f- fighting for that could get private insurance. And, you know, one of the, uh, one of the um, paradoxes, too, is the, the wor- injured workers are exempt. So it's a strange, uh, it's strange, but our biggest oppo- one of our biggest opponents, and they're funding the opponents, are uh, of the trade unions. And yet the commonest demographic of a patient, commonest type of patient we treat at our clinic is an injured unionized worker uh, funded by the Workers' Compensation Board, which is, in essence, a private insurance company um, funded by, by employers. Um, that, but one of the, to show you how, how bizarre the system is, last week, I had a patient come back to see me who a year and a half ago I'd operated on one knee for a ligament injury, and um, and it was under workers' compensation. So um, with WSIB, you call in Ontario, and he had his um, MRI in days and his surgery in weeks and was back at work in four, three or four months. Um, he'd come back having injured the other knee on uh, playing um, football um, recreationally, and um, and it was not at work, therefore... He was facing in the in the public system a year's wait for an MRI and an 18-month wait for his corrective surgery, identical surgery to that which he'd had on his other knee. And his disability insurer um, was paying him four or five thousand dollars a month wage loss benefits for the year or two it's going to take him to get treated when they are forbidden by law from instead paying for his procedure to get it done quickly, just like workers' compensation can do that. That's, that's how bizarre the system is. And, of course, patients not only deteriorate when they wait, they, are, they, they quite often, and this will also be part of our evidence at trial, become addicted to painkillers and drugs, and they lose, lose their strength and conditioning, especially if they're in the older age groups. The, um, I, I had the opportunity to live under the Quebec system, after the Shawalidi uh, decision by the Supreme Court. And uh, while I still went to see a family doctor at the CLSC, so the community clinic, it was a, and it was a family doctor dedicated to specifically uh, my wife and me and, and other patients, but it was a family doctor who had our files, uh, I did have the option of purchasing uh, insurance or paying cash, as was the option for the MRI. It was either six or $800 cash um, or maybe having bought uh, health insurance from an insurance provider and then paying whatever deductible would have been applicable, or waiting at least at least a year for the public system to catch up to me. It was interesting when I told them that I was going to the to the private radiology clinic. Suddenly, they uh, the MRI became available, and I said that doesn't have anything to do with the fact that I'm in media, does it? But uh, I'm sure it did because we know what prime ministers and other leaders, including union leaders, do. But, you know, this is not, this is, can be very serious. You know, the Supreme Court of Canada in the Charlie decision pointed out that um, patients are actually dying on wait lists. And we had a survey done by the Medical Post, which is the doctor's newspaper. 25% of doctors, more than 25% of doctors across Canada have had patients die while on wait lists. And we currently, are, in Canada, there are 4,000 suicides a year. It's not just about MRIs and surgeries. These, these are depressed. People suffering from serious depression cannot get access to mental health services. It, the whole system needs an, a 
needs a shot in the arm, and and hopefully that's what we we'll, we will give it. And and by the way, Quebec did not completely conform to the ruling of the of the um, Supreme Court of Canada, so they, they 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 didn't quite go where they were supposed to go. But what a surprise! Make sure that it, that BC does. What a surprise that Quebec wouldn't go exactly where the Supreme Court says it should go. Um, Dr. Day, just then, one one final time, in 60 seconds, please, how does the reality change for the patient who's listening to this program now who currently has a provincial health card and, and uh, goes to a family doctor, providing they have one, four and a half million Canadians don't, uh, they have the uh, provincial health card. They use the card to go to the family doctor. They use the card to go to the specialist. They use the card when they go to the pharmacy. They use the card everywhere. They go to the hospital. How does the reality change for that person if what you're arguing for in court becomes law? Well, the reality, we don't have to theorize because it's already been shown in countries like I mentioned in Europe and in right. Singapore and in Japan that, um, that the public system improves when it's exposed to competition. So that card will bring you, um, you there will still be universal health care, and maybe only 5% or 10% of Canadians will buy private insurance. A lot will get it through their disability insurance or their existing extended health insurance that currently covers drugs and pharmacy. But the bottom line, and, and evidence from around the world shows this, and evidence in court will show this, is that the systems that have even a small degree of competition uh, perform better than, than, than the Canadian um, health system does. People will have choice. They will have choice and they will have access. And, um, and right now, being ranked 10th out of 11 and gloating that we're one better than the U.S., which is ranked 11th, I don't think that's good enough for Canadians. Dr. Day, thank you very much for the time. We'll watch this case very, very carefully, as I'm sure the whole country's watching. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. Dr. Brian Day, the medical director for the Camby uh, Surgery Center in Vancouver. My number is 888-225-8255-416-870-6400, 416 What you heard from Dr. Day, is that something that you would feel good about having available to you so you can buy you can purchase uh, core health care. You can buy insurance and use that insurance at a clinic, at a specialized medical clinic. Better access. I've had my own idea of the system for years, and I've, I've argued it for years, and some people have actually thought it, it might work, including a former... President of the Canadian Medical Association, triple eight two two five eight two five five four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Here's a question: Who's waiting for a procedure right now? Who's waiting for a um, uh, a test, a diagnostic procedure? Who's waiting? Anybody waiting for an MRI? Any kind of test? And it's a lengthy wait. How long is the wait? How long is the wait? that you've been told will apply in your case. What do you think of what you've heard from Dr. Day? At the time that I uh, had my heart intervention done in uh, 2000, I had a um, chief of medicine for four Hamilton hospitals in the studio with me, and he told me then that there were patients dying on wait lists.
because they didn't get to them quickly enough. I think that situation has improved, but there's still 4.5 million Canadians who have no family doctor. So the process breaks down for them there. Anyhow, health care in this country, is it uh, in need of a, a boost? Enzo in Toronto. Hey, Enzo. Hi, how are you? Thanks Good, for uh, taking my call. Yeah, go ahead, please. Um, what it was, was uh, my wife uh, recently, about a year and a half ago, had, um, was diagnosed with breast cancer. So she's been going back and forth uh, to hospitals and things like that. And um, after an ultrasound, they decided to do an MRI test, which was uh, requested back in July. Uh, it took almost a month and a half to get a response back from the hospital, and I'll, I'll, St. Michael's Hospital in Toronto. And uh, with numerous complaints, we finally got a call back. Uh, they had called us uh, to do this MRI. And we finally got it. So from July, I believe, 12th, we finally ended up getting this MRI on a midnight in September, the last day of September. And this is after a breast cancer di- diagnosis? Yes, for a breast cancer diagnosis. And, and from my personal experience, we're finding, and, and even comments coming from doctors while you're, uh, while you're at their appointments, is they're preoccupied of the government's money, which I don't understand. Uh, in a scenario, quickly, if I can mention it, I had an issue where I was having major severe headaches. I went to a hospital, and I, I specifically said, listen, I, I need to, they, they, wanted, they, want, they didn't want to do tests, they said, you're fine, it's anxiety. I, I demanded, I demanded, and actually, in front of patients, said, no, you are going to give me this CT scan today because I pay your salary. And I got a standing ovation from the patients sitting in that room. You know, I'll tell you, uh, Enzo, when my wife was diagnosed with cancer and um, one of the first things that I was told, and it's not hard for me to do this because I'm this kind of person I am, but they said, you'd better advocate in that system. You had better be uh, an at times noisy and aggressive advocate or she's going to get lost in the system. And she was dealing with a cancer that ultimately took her life. And they told me that I had to, I had to, uh, I had to advocate loudly, and I found I had to. I found I had oh, to. You have to, absolutely, you have to. I find that if you push, they will react, and that's the only way it's going to happen. I get to a point where I don't mind going to the media and representing my story. Good. And oh, you know, really, what it comes down to this. It comes down to the again. It comes down to money, unfortunately, and the money should follow the patient. So the patient makes the decision, and the patient decides. I'm going to go to this hospital. If this hospital has a a good, well, for example, and I only have a few seconds here, but if if your wife had been, if you'd had the option to go to hospital A, that said it's going to be three and a half months for you to get the MRI, but hospital B says we'll do it in 48 hours. You have private health insurance. Either one, one of those hospitals is going to get your get, get your insurance card. Which one's it going to be? Well, that, well I, I, I'll tell you right now. I, I didn't look at it based in Ontario, but we were actually contemplating on going to the U.S. in Buffalo and getting an MRI done. Even if it cost me $1,000 U.S., it would not have been an issue. Understood. And so how's your wife? Uh, she's doing okay now. We're doing the run for uh, CIBC, run for the cure tomorrow. So she's, she'll be doing the, uh, the walk. And... Uh, She's doing fine right now. She's in remission. But uh, like I said, you have to keep pushing to survive in this country, unfortunately. She's got a great advocate. Thanks for the call, Enzo. All the best to you both. Bye. It's Roy Green Show, Chorus Radio Network. Things got a little bit sideways on timing at the beginning of the hour. We had to... uh, 
wait for a while for Dr. Day. But So that's all the time I have for calls. But we will get at this issue again, as you can only imagine, because it will go to the Supreme Court of Canada. Whatever the B.C. Supreme Court decides, it will end up before the Supreme Court of the nation.